Jonathan Edwards once said, And yet, some people actually imagine that the revelation in God's Word is not enough to meet our needs. God's Word is for all of us and each of us. Join Ryan Hanley, Adam Howell, and Caleb Niedermeyer for discussion about living out deeply rooted affections. This is Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. Back to Oaks of Righteousness podcast. We're live, and by live, we mean pre-recorded in advance at <laughs> before 6 a.m. in the wonderful workout garage of the Howells. And we are talking about living out deeply rooted affections, and we're going to see how deeply rooted they are uh, this early in the morning. And Adam and Ryan have graciously agreed to meet this early so that we could get this done. Guys, we we want to start talking about spiritual disciplines and how they deal with the affections. And so probably for this episode, next episode, and we'll see how it goes, we want to just talk about how affections are not just, they don't automatically just bubble out to the top necessarily all the time, but there is a mm-hmm. discipline to getting them deeply rooted and there is a a certain type of work that goes into it. And so tonight, or tonight, wow. <laughs> it's so early. It does feel like it. Feels like it. It's, yeah. it's so early, it's late. I want to talk about scripture reading and scripture study. And the first thing I want to talk about with you guys is that we're not coming from this as guys that have nothing going on in our lives. We're not sitting in an ivory tower, sitting in our study saying, come on, people, read your Bibles more. But I just want you guys to run through, actually just run through what you're going to do today and then run through how you're going to, or how you do, fit in time to do Bible study. I don't know if you guys do family worship, how you guys go through that. So Ryan, we'll start with you. We'll give Adam a little more time to wake up here. Okay. Um, (laughs) You're here. So certainly no ivory tower, and I think the just sort of realness of everyday life, um, what it looks like to read the Bible regularly or pray regularly. Uh, It just puts feet on uh, how the affections even come and how they get there and how you keep them there. And this is, whether it's for myself or, you know, whoever might be listening, that's a, you know, a man who works regularly or a a woman who stays at home with children or a woman who works. uh, Our culture is marked by busyness. Mm -hmm. But we still need our affections to grow and deepen. We still need the Word of God. We still need to know God and commune with Him regularly. So how does how does one do that? Personally, for myself, you know, like today, I'm I'm getting ready to go to work. So if I'm if I'm going to have any time in the Word, realistically, it's going to have to be before I leave for work. I know some people will try and do it at night. I I will be a pagan all day. If I wait till the evening to, to look at the word. I've witnessed it. Yes. <laughs> so so there's a couple things that I've done. Um, one, for sake of time. And two, there is a pastoral or ministry-minded reason for this. I started doing, like, I would, I'll read the word over breakfast. I get up early every day, usually before my, anybody in my family gets up, you know, because I go to work pretty early. So I have that time. Nobody's awake. It's quiet. Um, all I'm doing there is sitting there putting food in my mouth. So, you know, why not do something else more edifying? Um, but there's also a theological reason for it. No, well, really. So it's 
not to be uh, super cheesy about it, but I mean, there's there's a theological undergirding to that. I mean, you know, Jesus' food is to do the will of his Father. Mm-hmm. He has to know what the will of his Father is. And, and also, you, you get these passages in Deuteronomy and in the Gospels where God says, you know, that man will know that he does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And many, many years ago, uh, it, frankly, it was when I first started seminary, you know, I knew the word and I read it with some regularity, but there wasn't a strong daily intake. You know, I realized I needed it. And so that, that kind of just hit me, you know, if, if I'm going to be eating breakfast and I, I would never skip a meal, you know, I'd never skip breakfast before I go to work. I'll be a, a hungry, raving lunatic by the time I get to 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, how much more does my soul need that? Mm-hmm. Typical day then, it's like 10 minutes of sitting down. I, I pray, you know, God, this is about to be a busy, crazy day, but I want to honor you. I want this to be your day. I want to know what your word says. Please send your spirit to help me understand what I'm reading. Please send your spirit to help me understand something from your word that will be on my mind throughout the day. Please bring these things up in my mind as I'm going about it. And, you know, I'll read whatever I'm reading for the day, trying to meditate on it, look over it and see, you know, where where's their lack in my soul, where... Um, where is there a lack of understanding or a lack of obedience or practice, or where do I just need to be encouraged um, to trust God that day? And then I'll spend some time, usually on my way to work, then praying about that, and then you know any other things that that I've, I've committed to pray for. Honestly, that's that's it, kind of on a general day-to-day basis. You know, there's any kind of rich Bible study. Um, I'm I'm grateful to get through. Um, things that I'm doing in school or preparation for teaching. And, and I, I always use those as times not just to get the academics, but to draw closer to Christ. And we do family worship, but I'll stop talking because I've been talking for a very long time. <clears throat> let Adam put on that stuff too. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam, hit us up. What was the question again? Uh, what do you do? Normal day? Yeah, normal today. day. And how do you get yeah. your, your time in the Lord? So I, my, uh, my day is very similar to Ryan's, I think, just up early and busy, just marked by busyness. So the same thing, if it doesn't happen first thing in the morning with the first cup of coffee to, to get in the word, then it's it's going to be difficult to intentionally get it in later in the day in a devotional way. So like today, I'll be um, leaving here to go uh, do something. What am I? So I, I have a lot of, I do, I have a lot of things to get to done done today, but like no real order to them. So I'll be recording some Hebrew videos. I will be uh, preparing a sermon for Sunday night. I've got to give some exams to a student from the spring semester. And we're now, it's <laughs> summer. Um, I'm fine to do that. That is that is not a problem. But uh, yeah, so this is the real world of education. And it's not all uh, nice and neat and tidy. So yeah, definitely not an ivory tower. We have much going on. And, and uh, it is, it's a discipline to get it, to get scripture reading and scripture intake put in. But like Ryan, I, I liked what he said at the end about even making study times devotional. Right. Like, I think we say that, and in the seminary world especially, I think that people can claim that's what they're doing, but maybe they're not necessarily doing that with, with their academic studies, making them devotional. But I think that with a clear intentional effort and and requesting the spirit to fuel those academic times, those can be devotional as well. I don't think as a replacement for for a regular discipline of of devotional reading, but 
those can be helpful too. And that's I'm hoping today to dive into Ephesians 4 in that way. And sermon prep is always remarkably rewarding for me. I'm, I'm hopeful that that will be uh, the case today. Uh, with all of that going on and not knowing how long it'll take, I don't know what time I'll be back home this evening, but at some point before bed, we'll have family devotions and we kind of shake those up a little bit. We we read a lot from Jesus' storybook Bible, Sally Lloyd-Jones. The kids enjoy it. It's it's entertaining. We actually watch the, uh, we we have the book on iBooks that you can, they read it and it's read by David Suchet. Great voice, love hearing that. So the, the kids enjoy it. We've done that a lot. We've also done the devotions from the uh, Long Story Short. Is that the name of it? Yeah, that one's the Old Testament version. And then there's a New Testament version that's Old Story New. Long Story Short and Old Story New. They're children's devotions. Um, and they, they're very nice, like walking through literally the Bible. And, and that sounds kind of funny, but like a lot of children's stories just pick out the high points. But this is, I mean, we're doing Sodom and Gomorrah and all, you know, all kinds of stuff. You're like, wow, I don't even know what that means, son. Um, so we, we've been using those. And we kind of bounce around with various things there during family worship. And um, But yeah, just an attempt to get some scripture into the lives of our kids. And one thing regarding family worship, if I might throw this in here, that has been really helpful to me is Don Whitney. Uh, I, I didn't read the full article or blog, but heard this quote from his daughter when she graduated that that their family devotions were not always clean they weren't always easy they weren't always just structured very nicely and real prim and proper but sometimes were chaotic and sometimes were uh you know people running around bouncing around kids crying kids whining discipline needing to take place and frustrated parents yeah yeah. but that the one thing she appreciated the most was the consistency of it and that Mm -hmm. it was a continual effort and a a continual thing that came through and so um, that's helpful to me because sometimes our family worship times are chaos but they're good they're they're sweet and so um, so yeah that's that's kind of today for me yeah I was gonna say that that's really just an amazing story I was like almost bawling my eyes out when I read it just because it was like, <laughs> please God, let it be so. You know, but we've, we've been doing variation of the Baptist catechism recently. And similarly, you're trying to like teach your kids repeating, memorizing this thing as, you know, part of this. And half the time you're like, they, they don't understand what they're saying. They're not talking about it at all. Like they don't, they're just repeating after me. And my, uh, I guess she, well, she was already five. Evelyn, my daughter, is often distracted during family worship time. <laughs> so some of the earlier questions are really easy, like, you know, uh, oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Super it's, easy. It's like, all like, who is the first and best of beings is how it's worded in there. And, you know, God is the first and best of beings. And so she can do that one pretty easily. Even Benjamin, my three-year-old, can do that. You know, we get to some of the longer ones about, you know, what is the word of God and stuff like that. And so one day, just for kicks, I threw it out to her. You know, Evelyn was the word of God. And she rattles off this, like, five-sentence answer from memory. <laughs> and I looked at my wife, Kathleen, and I was just like, I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> let's keep doing this. Yeah. yeah, that's encouraging for me to hear because those uh, Jesus Storybook Bible stories are not long, but Will does mm. not sit one of them. We'll like make sure he's like gonna get his milk right before we're like, all right, he'll drink it and he'll like he'll sit down, take a sip and be like, Alright, I'm done and like you're like, Well, all right, we got a got half a page in. But that's that's good to hear. Quick question on 
Bible reading, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar, I, I talked to you guys a little bit about this, but like the whole read through the Bible in a year thing, talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit. I've My background is that's kind of like the golden standard for like a Christian. Like I read through the Bible this year, but I've also seen a very close correlation between that and Pharisaism in that they just do it to do it and they're not necessarily learning anything but interact with that the pros the cons and then if you have a good plan that walks through the Bible in a year I know John Stott has one D.A. Carson has one yeah I um when we've talked about this before with my take on it and kind of my stance is that it tends too much toward Pharisaism and and that sort of thing it can. It doesn't have to. It does for me. So that's why. I, so I don't attempt to read through the Bible in a year. I've every year, January first, I'm like, all right, it's going to be the year. Here we go. <laughs> but then it's just like I, I cannot do this because for me, it, it becomes just part of a checklist, and and I'm not devotionally invested in the text. Um, and like this is, I use the discipleship journal Bible reading plan, but primarily to just make sure that. I've read the whole thing and I'm spreading out my genres and that I'm getting a good swath of the whole, um, if that makes any sense. And so I'm, I'm not, I, I don't do the Bible reading through the year, but I don't think it's problematic. I mean, I, I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff like biblically, theologically that we try to think as far as putting together a biblical framework requires the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And the best way to get that is to is to read it through. So, I mean, I think it's something that is good to do and valuable, but it certainly doesn't, it it certainly doesn't earn any jewels in our crowns in heaven. And for me personally to, to try to speed through the entire Bible in one year would, would be, would just require me to go through it way faster than I want to. That doesn't mean that you couldn't, you know, read a bunch of chapters in the morning to get through the Bible in a year and then come back in the evening and have more devotionally intentional time. That that's probably would be the better strategy to do it, I think. And I'm sure people do that very, very well. It's just for me, it's hard. I was applying for a pastorate position one time and the question came up about reading the Bible through the year or how many times have you read through the Bible? That's what the question was. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. And I thought to myself, oh, wow. One <laughs> that that like I consciously yeah. know of because I had been through all of these check boxes one yeah, time right. at that point yeah. in my life, and I'm like I'm sure I've read the whole thing multiple times, but just in pieces, and I never yeah. right. you know I never organized uh, in an organized way thought how much of it I've read, and so I answered the question in that way and just thought well that's a bummer I'm <laughs> you know. <laughs> That was probably read the Bible once. I'm, uh, I'm 25 years old and I've read the Bible once, you know. But again, that was just having consciously thought through. Okay, I did read each part of it. Well, we know but, the question didn't get you the pastor. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually did get invited back, but I said uh, I had to drop from the running. But anyway, it was I, I, I was kind of encouraged by that. I'm like, oh, maybe that wasn't that bad of an answer. <laughs> I just didn't even read it at all. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that's my. I, I kind of. I personally need to stray away from that type of uh, fast reading. But I do use the the Discipleship Journal Bible reading plan. This was actually recommended to me years ago from uh, John Piper. And it the benefit to this one, and, and they're all a little different in their structure, but the benefit to this one is that it's laid out a gospel passage, a narrative passage from the New Testament, a psalm, and then a narrative 
four prophecy passage from the Old Testament. So it, it gets you in each, um, you know, each of the major categories of biblical literature in the day. So that's, that's one thing you kind of see. It, it's not biblically theologically structured with those passages. It just goes straight through, but it's, it, you get all of those genres. But then also it's only set up to do 25 days of any given month. So it gives you that little bit of flexibility if you're just a weirdo type A like me and you're like, no, I missed it every day. I cannot do it. Um, it gives you that flexibility to, to kind of be like, oh, okay, you know, the kid threw up at 530 in the morning when I'm normally doing right. devotions and I didn't get to it today and now I've got to be at work and oh, I'm a wretch. Well, no, it's just 25 days on this Bible reading plan so you check your boxes off tomorrow. So that's that's my thought on it. What? Yeah. Go ahead. Does, so how often is that a in a year plan then? It is. Yeah, it's it's laid out to finish in a year. So there's January, March. Um, so technically, you're still doing Bible reading in a year. It's just not. It is. Yeah, that's year. right. Yeah, the discipleship journal Bible reading plan is is designed to read the Bible in a year. Okay. And 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 I I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but I use this still just so that I have a structure to know that I've done so the whole. Do you're not necessarily doing it. That's right, but I'm not trying to do this okay. in a year. But it is set up to do in a year. I got you. If you if you can and want to do that, but um, and I noticed you marked all the boxes off. That way, you probably I marked not. them off this morning. Yeah, I got up early and just checked everything off. No, and this is this is part of um, you know, and, and many of these passages I've read multiple times over the, yeah. The, yeah. the time that I've been working with this sheet. And you guys can see how tattered it is. I don't know how long I've been working on this one, but it's, it's not in any way a notch in my belt or anything like that. It just, it lets me know, Hey, I've, I've read all of that again. I think to like things that I would see would, would be important at some point you, you do need to have a good picture of, of the whole Bible, like Adam said. So in some form or fashion, you know, an individual needs to figure out what that looks like for them to do realistically. Mm -hmm. I, I think if you don't, if you don't have some kind of plan to read through the Bible in some way, shape, or form, then it's just not going to happen. And you know, I mean, again, like being someone who's in seminary, you kind of cheat because you've got a lot of classes and things, and you've got a lot of professors who are kind of giving you overviews of the Bible. So, you know, who's to say, who's to say how much I've learned, you know, from taking classes and what others have said and what I've actually read myself. But um, all that to say, so like for me personally, you know, what drives what I'm reading, a lot of it has to do with personal interest at the time. Um, a lot of it has to do with, you know, is there something where we're teaching in our, our class at church or am I preaching on something? Am I having to teach from a book? Is it something I'm going through with my kids? And, you know, I feel like for for teaching in our class, we're usually going through a book of the Bible. So I'll, I'll usually try and spend several weeks in that book, just using that for morning devotions, just going through it over and over and over again, because, you know, ultimately it's the word of God and will minister to my soul in some way. But also I feel like I have a better ability than to teach from that. You know, when I'm preparing lessons each week, it takes a lot of the, you know, what am I even talking about? Or what is this book even about? It kind of takes that away because I've already been spending time going through it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't use any kind of check boxes and, you know, good or bad. It's, it's usually that kind of thing. And then, you know, what haven't I read in a while? What's a genre I haven't read in a while? You know, when I get through Matthew, maybe I'll go to Proverbs or something. And when I'm done with that, maybe I'll do revelation or, you know, who yeah. knows, but, yeah. uh, so good or bad, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. It, 
I do notice gaps. So like books like Lamentations have not received a lot of attention. And frankly, I haven't spent a ton of time in the Psalms and I would really love to. And that's, that was something the other day I was just thinking about like, man, I just want to be able to be one of those guys that can sit down and just like read through the Psalms and like <laughs> let that be the soak. cry of my heart. You know, <laughs> yeah, just soak in it. And I haven't done that. So that, that might be in the near future. But. I really like what you guys have said, specifically to the seminary students, to the Bible college students, people like that. I had a professor and a mentor who once told me, he's, he said he didn't understand how people could dive deep into theology, dive deep into a study, and come up dry. Mm-hmm. And and that is something that I have found as well, where it's just like, I don't, how do you study God and then walk away dry and just like, meh, okay, I got nay, I'm done with this. And you're just like, I don't understand that. But talk to the people who want to study the Bible. They want to read, but they're just like, I don't know where to start. I mean, do I just do the proverb a day to keep the devil away? Uh, I, don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. but uh, I wouldn't do a proverb. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but what, I mean, the Bible is a, a big book. I mean, especially if you get the ESV study Bible. I mean, that thing's a brick. <laughs> Like where do you, <laughs> yeah, where do you start? Zondervan's new study. Yeah, Zondervan's new I think study it's Bible. even thicker than yeah. the ESV. It is. <laughs> so I mean, you need a satchel like, to carry that thing. They're just like, I'm just going to open it up, and mm-hmm. okay, here it is. But then you get to Leviticus, some of those things where they're just like, I, this has no application to my life, which it does. But you know, where do they start? How yeah. do they how do they do this? I, I would recommend a study Bible, though they are hard to lug around, um, and especially for like a layperson who doesn't, you know, who hasn't had seminary training, or even for a guy that's had seminary training, because you're not, you don't know everything about every whoa, genre whoa. of the Bible. What? Yeah, you don't. Uh, um, I don't, at least. So maybe I missed my. Maybe I need to give my MDiv back, but uh, um, I'm keeping the PhD. I'll give the MDiv back, but. Um, you know, maybe, so, you know, you don't know everything about every genre. So those little notes can be incredibly helpful. And, um, and it's especially for the passages, like you said, that, um, Leviticus or, you know, whatever that you're like, ah, there's something obscure in Daniel and I don't even know what to do with all those eyeballs. Um, you know, (laughs) there's a little bit of help right there in the text. You're not having to go get another book, something like that. So I think those are good. And if you have something like that and kind of can approach it from that confidence of the notes, and of course they're not inspired, but if you can approach it with that confidence, then you, you do kind of get that, open it up to anywhere and just start. And that, that develops that discipline to maybe make yourself do it, even though you're not entirely confident in yourself. As far as like a, a book to start in or a genre to start in, I don't, I think if you've got just a good, if you've got some kind of help, I don't know that there's a good, like, here's where to start. Yeah, I mean, um, is, is this I, person have, like a new Christian? Like, have they yeah. ever read the Bible at all? Or have take they, those factors you know, into gone to church quite a bit? So, so take that into account. Say say you want to disciple a new Christian. Mm-hmm. Where do you start? I, I mean, mean, are you I, opening up Leviticus with yeah, a brand new believer? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> or Ecclesiastes. I probably would. Ecclesiastes would not be a bad No. I mean, a lot of people say something like the Gospel of John. I mean, I think that's a fine place to start. I mean, it's... It's well into the story, but um, it's sort of focusing on the central event of, of the Christian story of Christian theology. With a the theological oomph, oh, right. you know, rather than just a narrative. But yeah. You know, so I, mean, I would be inclined to say either start in John or start in Genesis, especially, you know, the first several chapters of Genesis, just because it does set the stage for 
um, a Christian worldview. You know, God created the world. God created man to serve as his image bearers, to, to keep and steward the world as, you know, God would do it and to, to love and serve him. And uh, that went horribly wrong. And, you know, you get that from Genesis and then you also get that in John, but you see resolution to Genesis 3.15 there, you know, that in spite of all that, God sent his son. I, I guess I would say that's probably one of those two is where I would tell people. I don't know in your guys' conversations with people, but I, I have found that a lot of times when you ask what they're reading in Scripture, it's a very blank stare. It's a very just, uh, I'm reading the Psalms. And then you try to probe a little bit deeper and say, well, what, what Psalms are you reading? And they're just like, uh, and they usually go to... The, the next tw- one. Yeah, or, or, or the 23rd Psalm. Uh, Jesus, yeah. God's a good shepherd. And I, I feel like the, the encouragement is even how, was it Augustine or... I don't even know how you say his name. Um, I'm going to say it Augustine. That's good. They say his his old thing was pick up and read. Yeah. You know, the, just read it. I think Desiring God has an article they put out probably every January 1 where if we gave up how much time we watch TV and all this stuff, you, mm-hmm. we could read through the Bible in like two months or something yeah. like that. And so I, I feel like that is kind of the, the crux of the matter where it's where are where is your affection and when you say, I don't have time to read the Bible, then where is our affection mm-hmm. when we say, I love Jesus, but I don't have time for his word. I love God, but I don't have time. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I have to watch the news. I have to check Facebook. I have to check these things. And we set aside God's word, and it's like, well, I just don't understand it. But it comes with time, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. as well, you know? And it's a, it's a two-way street to, like, the... We've talked before about the affections can't, you don't wait for the affections to obey, yeah. right? And, and um, yet the obedience and the, and, I mean, obedience may be a strong word here, but the discipline, the, the just doing it of getting in the word and picking up and reading is what fuels the affections. Mm-hmm. So we can't expect to just sit around on Twitter and Facebook reading snippets of good gospel minister guys who tweet all the time mm-hmm. and expect to the affections to be fueled. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we are in that mode where we're sitting around thinking, you know, asking the Lord to fuel the affections, but we're sitting around on Twitter first thing in the morning, then you, we can't, you can't expect that to work. So the two way street is we beg God to stir the affections, but we pick up and read so that the affections are stirred. Mm-hmm with the truths of scripture, which is exactly what the spirit uses to stir them. And so, yeah, a vital discipline, I think for the affection. Yeah. I I mean, I would, I would totally echo that. I I feel like in, in teaching ministry, like probably maybe four years ago or so, like it really just hit home. Like you said, like how hard is it for me to get up and read the word with regularity? You know, I'm a, a guy who's been through seminary. I'm doing ministry. I'm trying to this is my life and my vocation, my vocation. If it's hard for me to do it, you know, what about the dude that's just getting up, going to work, and he's just trying to love his family and do what he can and love God? And so many times, like, the application section of anything that I'm teaching is like, read the Word and pray. Read the Word mm-hmm. and pray. Read the Word yeah. and pray. So what you're saying is right. I, I think we do have to be careful in who who we're talking to and, and, and what stage of life they're in. You know, I mean, I, 
to some single dude who's in college and he's just wanting to find the girl to marry and, <laughs> you know, thinks he knows a lot about the Bible, but he, he never reads it. It's like, you know, kind of smack him upside the head a little bit and say, dude, like, you're nothing if you're not in the Word. Like, you need this. Like, you're, you're shooting blanks. You're not, there's nothing going on here <laughs> if you're not in the Word. But, you know, to there's also the guy who he's in the middle of work. He's got a family. He's got kids and all this kind of stuff. And he's, he is just trying to make ends meet. And you know, you, you want to be patient with him or, or the mom who's got lots of little kids. She's been up all night feeding kids and right, right. dealing with sick kids and all this kind of stuff. And I, I think it was Susanna Wesley who used to take her apron over her head <laughs> and, and pray <laughs> while the kids are running around. Maybe it was her mom. I'm not sure, but you know, there's something to that where it's like, what a beautiful soul. You know, <laughs> you guys I mean, see me wearing an apron next week, you'll know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, I, I want to, I do want to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you know, t- to somebody who's not reading and really wants to, and, and they know that they need it, you know, I'll tell them, you know, shoot for just this week, just a couple times, get in the Word, just mm-hmm. spend some time. You know, if you need me to send you a text or email to, you know, whatever, just to, to get your mind on it, to remember that's fine. Or, you know, shoot for five out of seven days. I don't often read on the weekends, except, you know, if I'm preparing to teach or, if, you know, Sunday morning, sometimes I'll, I'll get up and read. But, you know, it's like I'm usually sleeping in a little bit and waking up because I don't have to get up and go to work. And then my kids are up and running around. But, you know, the important part is that you're in the Word with regularity. So what does it take to get there? You know, be sensitive to those that are wanting it and can't get it. And, and there does need to be some kind of let's get real, you know, with people that just are undisciplined about it. Like you <laughs> yeah. said, you know, and one thing I throw out for the, that busy mom that I know my wife Liz has done very well is, is turning on sermons during the day. I don't think that's a replacement necessarily for, for digging into the Bible yourself, but it can be a way to get the truths of scripture mm-hmm. flowing in your mind as the kids are chaotically uh, yeah, running absolutely. around. So that's, that's a good option yeah. for, um, for that stage of life, I think. There's also other ways, like good podcasts. Uh, <laughs> trying to, trying to think, think of this out loud. Actually, on the on the way to work, I I have a the ESV app on my phone, mm-hmm. and I'll just play that. Yeah. And you can get through a ton, especially when traffic's bad, and you just you don't even realize how mm-hmm. much time you're sitting there. And then you're like, man, I just listened mm-hmm. to the radio the whole time when I could sit there and just have the Word of God read right to me. Yeah. And and you're just soaking that in. That's good, guys. That'll do it for this time here at Oaks of Righteousness. We're on iTunes. We're on Twitter at Right Oaks Pod. Give us a rating on iTunes. That'll really help us out. And uh, we look forward to interacting with some of you guys with your ideas. And, uh, we just hope to be a, a blessing and encouragement to you as we seek to live out our deeply rooted affections. Remember, there's ultimate joy in this world. And that joy is found in Jesus Christ. Pursue Him. Thank you.